You're listening to Superhero Time, the after show. After show time, so new Star Trek TV series coming. That's uh, quite a coincidence. Sweet Jesus, they're going to ruin it. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Burn, no, the, burn the no. bodies, kill the children. It's, it's over. It's all over. Save yourselves, eat a bullet. <laughs> no, I mean, the first thing I thought when I saw the headline today was, this is going to be terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know why? Realize it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. You know why? Because they don't even know what they're doing with it yet. They honestly don't know time frame. They don't know the point of it. They just have the guys who did the movies. Well, that made lots of money. And they don't, they don't, they don't, there's no soul to it. They don't know what they're you doing. Know, we need a spinoff project to fuel our movies like Marvel did with S.H.I.E.L.D. And we'll put it on a service no one has. Right. And wants to have. Right. No. You know, like, it's funny. CBS uh, has maybe two good TV shows that run on TV anyway. I don't think there's really a demand for their on-demand service. So it's really no. just an on-service. You know, even if it's their old classic shit, um, who cares? Uh, okay. No one's going to pay eight bucks a month for that. Okay, you say old classic shit, like, what does CBS have in their back library that's worth paying $10 a month for or whatever? I don't know, a... Murphy Brown? <clears throat> I didn't know what station they aired on. I assumed it was CBS because it's shitty. Was, I think that was CBS. I mean, I've... who doesn't want to watch old political humor? That's why John <laughs> yeah. Stewart's going to last forever. <laughs> yeah, I love going by looking at a you know, 2006 Daily Show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the, uh, the CBS Live is going to be five ninety nine a month, so six bucks a month. Okay. Now it's funny because I know uh, Supergirl is uh, just came out, and I've heard good things about Supergirl. I haven't seen it because I don't have cable. I I'm you know I live like a millennial, even though I'm you know 87 years old, and I want to watch it on Netflix or Hulu. It's not on there because CBS is like screw you guys, we're going to do our own thing. I could it's watch it through for free on Amazon streaming, or is it? or wacky yeah. idea, get an antenna and hook it up to your TV. And get it off the air. It's magic. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. And that's one thing I have been meaning to do is get an HD antenna because I had one when I lived back east and I haven't gotten one. You don't need an here. HD antenna. Yeah, an HD antenna is marketing speak. You just need an antenna. Well, yeah. It's all the same thing. Same. It's like five bucks. Who cares? So I just need to get an antenna. You're absolutely right. Just dig a antenna. Just dig a old ass antenna out of a closet or yeah, something. Yeah, get a pair of rabbit ears. Well, well I, rabbit ears probably those. not so much. Uh, because those are more those <laughs> oh are more tuned for, towards uh, VHF, which most, which very few stations use now. Yeah, I always had revenues that had a UHF ring on them, though. Yeah, I remember when I lived in Nashville, I could get MTV two off the airwaves for some reason, <laughs> which kind of blew my mind because I couldn't get it on cable back home. <laughs> Well, it, is, it was Nashville, so maybe it was just like all music stuff just permeates the air literally. <laughs> no, I, got, I literally got I got NBC, CBS, I barely got ABC, I got Fox, and I got MTV2. <laughs> That's weird. So you could watch all the reruns of real world that you wanted. Well, no, MTV2 was solid music videos. Oh, was it? Oh, like, yeah, uh, that was before they became MTV. I see, I see. Yeah, remember, this was like, you know, 1979 because Mickey's that old. Your mom's that old. That's when I banged her and we made you. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Dad, is that, that you? That is no way to talk about our listener. <laughs> oh, terrible. So the articles I was reading about the new series was, okay, we, we want the guys who did the movies to, to do the TV show. Uh, no! And, it, and I know that's, that was my reaction. Except well, it's Kurtzman as producer, and that is literally all we know about it. Yeah, we have Alex Kurtzman is the executive producer, uh, producer then uh, Orsi. Uh, which is the other guy? If he even uh, is no, the other no, is not involved. Yeah, it's just Kurtzman of Orsi and. Yeah, Roberto. Or yeah, so it's Kurtzman and Robert Roberto Orsi. No, no. just Kurtzman. Hmm. The That's earlier reports said both of them. I read later reports said it's just Kurtzman. Okay. And well, other I'm side thing saying that. Uh, Hollywood is kind of trying to stay as far away from Orsi as possible for reasons. Oh, really? Yeah, what kind of reasons? That he, basically, he's burned a lot of bridges. Hmm. Oh. Well, I'm but looking it's at the, all third-hand shit. But. I see. I'm looking at the uh, StarTrek.com article about this, and it mentions uh, the, those guys. But, it, it, yeah, it's just Kurtzman. It's just Kurtzman. When I read the StarTrek.com article, it only mentioned Kurtzman, and that was early this <clears> afternoon. Really? So it says here, and I quote, Alex Kurtzman will serve as executive producer for the new Star Trek TV series. Kurtzman co-wrote and produced the blockbuster film Star Trek with, oh, I see, with Roberto Orsi and Star Trek Into Darkness with Orsi yeah. and Damon Lindelof. Both films were produced and directed by J.J. Abrams. New series we produced uh, with Kurtzman's Secret Hideout, which I guess is his little production company. Okay, no, yeah, you guys are right. Yeah, yeah, basically, so, yeah. Scott, basically, Scott just can't read. Yeah. Well, to be At, fair, though, I mean... The names are listed there in the same sort of general paragraph, and you're used to reading them together as a team, so the brain would naturally just jump to the conclusion that they are working on together. No, also, I was educated. Read. Also, I was educated in the deep south in a public school, so bitch, you were homeschooled. <laughs> you taught yourself. <laughs> I was raised by wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, the first misstep with this is that they're putting it on an on-demand service that nobody demands. Right. And like, like I was saying, Supergirl's on there. I actually considered getting it. I looked at CBS All Access. I looked at the online service. Like, well, maybe CBS has some other shows I want to see. And it's like, I'm not paying an online service for one freaking show. And now if the Star Trek's coming out on it, like, you know, a year and a half or two years or whatever, um, yeah. I'm not doing it for two shows. It's not going to happen. What wonder if CBS On Demand's even going to be around then. Right, exactly. Who knows? <laughs> they could cancel it. It's not something well, that's you know will be stuff. around then? BitTorrent. Damn yeah. right. Well, yeah, and like, the first comment I saw from someone on Twitter after this was well, um, basically to the effect of, thanks CBS, you've made me a criminal. Yes. Yeah, that was, a, that was an excellent tweet. <laughs> and, and accurate. I mean, that's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I much prefer to give my money to people who have earned it, people who make media. I prefer to give them the money as directly as possible. You know, this is true for, like, YouTube people. And, you know, buy their swag. Go, you know, give no money to their Patreon. No one can subscribe to a, a dozen different streaming services a month to watch mm -hmm. television. That's I mean, retarded. Netflix and Hulu just themselves are kind of pushing it, I think. Well, I don't know. I look at it this way, and this is my personal feelings. If you pay for cable, it's, what, 50 bucks a month? I don't even know. Minimum? Minimum? Minimum. Okay, so Netflix is like eight. Hulu is like six or seven. So you're like 
12 or 13 less than $15 to get all that kind of stuff. If you add another one, that's another $20, you know, $22. That's still so much cheaper than getting cable for a bunch of channels you're not going to watch. At least with these services, you, it's more a la carte and you can choose what you want. This is my opinion. Like I said, it still seems cheaper to me to have these streaming services. Even if they have three or four, I'd prefer not to, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, if I have to, I'm not doing one streaming service for one channel. That's ridiculous. No, no, I agree with that. Because Hulu has, you know, NBC and has all like, what, six or seven plus a bunch of the cable uh, channels, you know, Comedy Central and CW, yeah. all the good stuff, you know. I hack it. I, it has a whole lot of Lupin, the third as well. Yeah, anime, all kind of cool stuff. But, I mean, I think even though they're putting it on their proprietary service, I think targeting this to a streaming service, it's like when we talked about this whole thing just hypothetically and all agreed it should go to Netflix because it puts it out of the reach of traditional network oversight. And it's, and unlike a uh... CBS on demand, it's something people actually get. Well, no, I, no, I mean, like, CBS on demand as a home for this is not the best choice, yeah. but having it be on a streaming service just as a starting position is probably a better chance for the series to actually be decent. Well, my, my concern is that I don't know if CBS is smart enough to understand that, like Netflix, you can push boundaries, you can be more adult, you can tell more in-depth stories in, in a more narrative way, like they did with Daredevil, which was brilliant. My uh, look at it is more of, it's not going to be as beholden to, you know, typical ratings numbers, because there's not going to be the same sort of advertiser uh, obligations to it. And well, you're I not going so. to have uh, various different uh, uh, affiliates uh, that uh, may or may not want stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I hope that's the case. I, I have no faith that CBS is smart enough to take advantage of all those opportunities. That's my well, No, that's, that's very possible. But, like, just as far as that, it's probably, I think, I feel like it's got the best starting chance that it can. And then it's just going to be a matter of if CBS actually realizes what they, the potential they have to work with. Right. It's better than it being on UPN, for God's sakes. Well, it'd be CW and, right. you know, judging by the DC shows now, that may not even be the worst thing either. Yeah, I am I enjoy Flash. I enjoy Arrow. I'm looking forward to some of the other ones we're coming out with. But again, it doesn't, I do not think Star Trek is a good show. fit for those. Do what? I need my Captain Cold show. <laughs> You're getting it. It's coming. The Legends of Tomorrow It's going to have Captain Cold. Captain Cole is he a, better uh, be in every goddamn scene. <laughs> he, I think he will be, dude. I think he's going to be like one of the main dudes. No, every scene. Like, there's not a scene in every episode without him in it. He's like, well, I think he's going to be shirtless in all of them too. So, no, I don't care about that. I just want him acting. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, you like beat Jay Stagg so in I the can background. The guy's handsome or whatever, but no, what's hypnotic about Captain Cold is. He nails the character's voice so well and his attitude. Yes. Yeah, it, he's a brilliant actor, character, and representation. Yes. Uh, Why is The Flash so good? It should not be that good a show. No, it shouldn't. No, it's the Flash, I mean. <laughs> I mean, it should have been just as kind of half cool as Arrow was, mm -hmm. where it's half good and half, this is some CW bullshit. Right. 
But hey, why is this hacker beautiful? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> small. Bill. No, absolutely. But but the stuff that Flash does, I'm always happy with. They make these references that tie it to the comics, and they 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 obviously respect the source material. They're doing their own thing, but they also respect and love the source material, and they're doing a very good job of that, which I'm very impressed with. I think they're walking See, that line. And, and that's what's doing it for me is that they're respecting the source material without being absolutely beholden to it. Yes. Like, say, Marvel kind of is with a lot of their shit, where they're so beholden to the source material that there's not a lot of surprise to what's going on. Because You're absolutely correct. You kind of know that, of course, they're going to do the source material exactly as in the comics because that's just what they do. With Flash, you know you're never really quite sure. Like, are they going to match it or are they going to do something different with it? There's an element right. of surprise. Because you know what we need to see, we need to see Uncle Ben die again. That's absolutely key. I want a whole movie of two and a half hours of Uncle Ben dying the entire time. That's what the fuck I want to watch. Ugh. A Groundhog Day kind of thing? Yes, exactly. I could like, really go for time, that. Yeah, every time Spider-Man swings up to a new rooftop, there's Uncle Ben dying on every rooftop. Act, no, like, actually, that would not be the worst take on Spider-Man's origin. <sighs> that he just Groundhog Days until he realizes, oh, I actually got to, like, you know, do do shit with my powers. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it leads into a different kind of Spider-Man where Uncle Ben is alive because he made the right choice finally. Yeah, but then he wouldn't – there would be no punch. He'd have no reason to have the responsibility because I mean, – Ah, uh, except there is because he groundhog dayed and watched him die like 45 times before he got there. <laughs> yeah, he learned the hard way. That sounds terrible. <laughs> over and over. Oh, this sounds terrible. And in increasingly like, more ridiculous ways. <laughs> <laughs> slips in the bathtub no I should have cleaned the tub like you asked me to two days ago now dead because of me ring around the tub oh. I should have used scrubbing bubbles and then they can tie in their fucking advertisements next one right. Uncle Ben dies stepping on a Lego <laughs> <laughs> or you guys have it where he chokes on like microwavable rice you know so Uncle Ben kills Uncle Ben Oh, 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 I know what it is. When he finally learns his lesson and uses powers to save Uncle Ben's life, at the end of the day, that causes Aunt May to die. <laughs> and there's Mephisto in the shadows, like, steepling his fingers. <laughs> Playing a sad trombone. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So one of the things about the Star Trek series that concerns me is, like I said, they don't have a plan for it. Some of the articles I read today were like, well, we're not even sure if they're going to do it in the original timeline, if they're going to set it in the movie timeline. Uh, we don't know what the time period uh, is. That, okay. That's the articles that were writing about the press release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so what <clears throat> is this coming hot on the heels of? Michael uh, Dorn's big campaign to get a Wharf TV show started. See, you guys mentioned that stuff, and I have not seen anything online about that. Clearly, I'm not looking. It's in the been right on Reddit place. front page like several times over the past year. Really, I have somehow yeah. missed. I anyway, believe you. I just I've so missed it. Uh, yes. basically, last update I heard is that uh, they made another presentation to them with signatures and petitions and all that shit, and they were waiting to hear back. Mm-hmm. And now they've made an announcement about a new Star Trek TV show. Yes, and like the way my brain wants to work around this is that. They took the petition and signatures and took it to mean, okay, fans want a new Star Trek series. Dorn, get lost. That's quite possible. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, my thinking is they're just taking this as maybe we can... Oh, there's new- interest. Yeah, maybe we can make a new TV series work. 
let's put on our subscription service that nobody subscribes to and put in the movie universe, which none of the hardcore fans really care about. With none of the actors from the movie universe. Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. they're like movie stars. Mm-hmm. No, it, it will just be, you know, new timeline, next generation. Agents of the Federation. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is that just it, sounds so, it sounds so plausible as a thing they would do. Yeah. But I'm thinking the Michael Dorn campaign is pretty much what influenced this to happen. Very possible. And I don't think it's going to I don't think it's gonna make him happy with what they've decided. Well no Probably or... not. <clears throat> no, and like okay, so I read the headline, saw Kurtzman was attached to it, and basically just resigned myself to this is probably gonna be in the new timeline, because that's what's current for Star Trek. And then that's part of what why the whole financially thing be... makes sense. And that's so, why it's all going to be terrible. So is it going to be terrible? Why will it be terrible if it's set in the new timeline? What, let's say, let's just assume they do TNG in the new timeline. Except I don't even think they actually will do that. They will make it set more or less concurrent to the movies they're making now with different and characters. Here's the why it's going to be terrible. It's because of motivation for the series. is right. not to tell good stories. It's to cash in on... It's to continue the financial motivation behind bankrolling the movies. Same as Agents and, of S.H.I.E.L.D. And please buy our subscription service. Right. Yeah, that as well. And, and, <laughs> and, for, I, and I, I hate the fact that I think you're right. I don't want you to be right, but I really think... Oh, that you, I don't want to be right either, are. dude. I, I, mean, right. <laughs> I, think I don't want to be right either. The only satisfaction of being right is knowing that I'm right. Other than yeah, that, it's, it's pretty depressing. But yeah. it sustains you, though. It, it's kept you young and alive for you know almost two hundred years now. So, <laughs> yes, well, a lot like a lich. Anyway. Yes, more like a bitch. <laughs> oh, snap, <laughs> girl. <laughs> That's right. I went there. You you don't know me. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So. Let's let's so we know what's going to happen bad. We know that it, they're cashing in. It's going to be crappy. They're going to tell you. So let's say, how would they do this in the new universe, but make it good? Let's say they somehow pull us out of their ass, and then we watch it. So, and we go, wow, that's really awesome. I'm going to brainstorm a best case scenario. Yes, please. Okay, the best case scenario is they ignore everything that happened in all the movies, and take that setting and go in a completely independent direction with it. Well, what does that mean, though? So is it set on the USS Enterprise? Yeah, no, Captain Kirk. No, it's it's no, it's not not Enterprise. Not any. How of the would they even make it work? Set on the Enterprise. Well, maybe it's the Enterprise B. I mean, maybe it's a whole new crew. Maybe they don't do TNG, but they go like twenty years instead of eighty or whatever it was. Okay, now they act some kind of bullshit, like saying, "Okay, the crew of Enterprise in the first episode, they're handing over to trainees who get lost in space with the Enterprise for a while." So it's Star Trek Voyager with the Enterprise in TOS era new movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds too stupid. stupid. No, okay. actually, I don't think that would work. No, I like I like the Enterprise B idea. You know, you jump ahead in that timeline like ten years. The next ship, new crew, going and having their own adventures. You still get an Enterprise, and you can still do new, different things with the setting. 
So it'd be kind of like the transwarp Enterprise B era, but new, but new, new. Yeah, I like the idea of exploring more and having a between series. Wait, 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 Mickey, you're you're Cylonian. Oh my god. I mean, when it gets to the point where I okay. can't easily make out what he's saying, that's when we have a problem. Yeah. Okay, so. Much better. I like the idea of exploring the gap in between original series and Next Generation. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to go for that, because that might limit what they could use for upcoming movies. I, I think they need to set it into a time frame that happens in between movies. I, also, I disagree. because the series needs to lead up into the next movie to sell it. Well, no, no, we're doing best case scenario. We're not doing. Crash. I think I, I think that is a best case scenario. Really, I think it needs to be tied into the movie continuity directly. So that would make you happy if they did that. No, it would make me happy, but I think that is <laughs> best case that's scenario. That's going to happen. Oh God, boy, you, you guys' optimism is depressing as hell. <laughs> well, best case scenario, we all die of zombie attack in fifteen minutes. It's like, oh, come on. No, no, Look, okay. Best can. case scenario is a good watchable show. Right. I think realistically, whether it's good or bad, it's going to be set in the same time frame as the movies to lead up into the next movie. Okay. So how, well, how well will the lens flares uh, translate into television? Well, well, let's just look at Lost. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to assume J.J. Abrams is going to be directing the series. No. No, he gets bored of projects pretty quickly. No, actually, yeah. okay, so if we need it to be firmly in the movie continuity and also kind of lead into the next movie after the the third sequel is coming out 2016, right? I believe so, yes. Okay, so if we need the series to lead into the 2018 sequel, then do, uh, go the late original Star Trek movie route and have it focus on Sulu on the Excelsior. See, I would be okay with that. I love that idea. I, I when, when Enterprise was coming out, I was hoping they would get George Takei to reprise his role as Captain Sulu on the B and do that. Personally, that's what I wanted. So if that gets reincarnated, I'd be okay with it. Plus, then, at most, you'd have one actor from the movie, which might be a manageable thing if they negotiate stuff the right way. I could right. see that. Yeah, yeah. He Because the actor, I mean, he's, he's a good actor. He does movies and stuff. He also does TV now and again. I don't think he's not AAA list. They could get him to do a TV series. Plus, the thing is, they can use that, and then in the, the fourth sequel, uh, or I guess the third sequel, in the fourth movie... Then, you know, you have Enterprise and Excelsior teaming up for whatever is going on. Right. We could actually make a bigger, better movie, conceivably. Yes. But just yes. like just yeah. like the Defiance involvement in First Contact, the show itself can basically ignore that crossover if it's inconvenient. Right, which is what I was going to say earlier when Hey Mickey about leading up to the movie. It's like the movies tend to be kind of standalone that I've seen so far. They don't have big uh, universal... Well, except for the first one where they destroyed, you know, Romulus and or uh, <laughs> Vulcan, Vulcan and all that. Yeah, Vulcan. So that that's true. But the second one was a bit more contained. Yeah, they crashed on Earth and all that kind of stuff happened. But as far as like the series goes, you're gonna be out in space anyway, so it doesn't kind of matter. I think they could make the movie more self-contained with a TV show. Didn't really have to cross over. They could mention things like they do with the Marvel universe. Oh well, this thing happened, and then you can mention it and keep everything tied in. Uh, but I don't think it's necessary to to necessarily make the TV series an advertisement for the third or third or fourth movie. 
not an overt advertisement, but I mean, they'd be stupid to not use that to build into the movie's story. You know, allude to it in the run up to the movie's premiere. Yeah, if they do it right, it would be good, wouldn't it? If they did it right. There's overt advertising, which is your movie trailers, and there's indirect advertising, which is just keeping the product, the franchise alive in the public's mind. Mm-hmm. Which is that's right. what Agents of Shield is. Nobody right. was clamoring. To, let's hear about some no-name uh, Shield agents having okay, adventures I, with the, dis- the D-list Marvel villains. Nobody wanted with, that. I'm the whole reason the show was on... made was to keep the Avengers being talked about. I'm going to disagree with you there on one point. People were clamoring for more Coulson content. Yeah, yeah. This okay, Coulson, not... Coulson, <coughs> fine. I'll grant you yeah. that. Yeah. The rest of the team, no, 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 no. Uh, now, I would have been entertained to see a show that was Coulson going solo, just doing jobs. Like in those, those, like those internet shorts they did, where he was like traveling around doing cool shit. Right, mm-hmm. but you know, for forty-five minutes at a time instead of four minutes. Right. But you know, the problem with Agent Shields, aside from the fact that it's a, just a concept that is bullshit. <laughs> Is that it's hamstrung because they can't do anything really cool because it has to kowtow to the movies. Right, and if you had a, if you had Coulson going solo, just you know, agent of Shield, and he's doing secret projects and stuff, which would have no visible bearing on the rest of the universe because it's top secret shit. You could still basically do whatever you want with that setting because it's all officially low profile. All yes. true. All true. And I think it would have been more like X-Files, but, you know, in the Marvel Universe, which would have been cool. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean... No, that, that's, that's a much better way to sum that up. Thank you. Because <laughs> it would really suck to be Scully in the Marvel Universe. There's no such thing as Ailey. Oh, wait. There's no such thing as Magic. Oh, wait. <laughs> Actually, that'd be kind of hilarious for at least one episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe in aliens. You know, they destroyed like six blocks of Manhattan, right? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a truther. It's an alien truther. That sounds the like Battle of Manhattan coach. truther. <laughs> uh, alien ships can't melt steel beams, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Ch- Chitari can't melt steel beams. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, uh, I really hope we alienated at least one listener because of that. I really Bye, hope mom. there's a one person out there going, man, it's true, you guys. <laughs> Bye, mom. <laughs> uh, so. No, okay. So, like, I mean, we have we have a basic concept of how they could set this in the current timeline and still have it be an interesting premise. There is still, of course, the concern of will they take that premise and actually do something with it that's fun to watch for 13 or whatever episodes the initial order is. Right. And and how will they do it? Okay, it's Star Trek. So do we, should we go ahead and assume it's going to be on the USS Enterprise? I mean, with a, with a Captain Kirk and all this stuff? Or are they going to not do that? Is it going to be set in the future of the main timeline? I mean, they haven't even decided that yet. Yeah, I are mean, they- like... I think I think all of us, our ideal thing would be to have it in the original timeline set a little bit farther ahead. We did a whole podcast, you know, spitballing ideas for that. Right. Which was pretty awesome. 
I think it's more likely it's going to be in the movie universe because, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, that's what's current. That's what they're working on now. Yeah, and it it does make sense. I don't. I'm not. It doesn't make me particularly happy, but it does make perfect right. sense. Yeah, that's that's the problem. It doesn't make anyone happy, <laughs> and like taking that assumption, you kind of see a pattern of CVS not quite getting it because okay. We're believing they're seeing the petition and stuff for Michael Dorn's project he wants to start as just indicating, okay, there's interest in a Star Trek TV show in general. So let's dump all of Dorn's ideas and just start fresh with whatever we're going to do. So there is missing the point one. Now, let's put this on an on-demand service so that we're not beholden to, you know, network oversight and all, all that ratings and everything. Let's make it simple. We'll put it on our uh, streaming, our internal streaming service that basically nobody has. Missing the point two. And then, you know, okay, so we've got a movie universe we're building now. Let's set the show in that, because that makes perfect sense. Everybody will love it. Missing the point three. So, I mean, just, just based on that, that conjecture just by itself... It's not really painting the most optimistic picture, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Because, I mean, they talk about the reboot. It's been 10 years since Star Trek's been on TV. But this is coming in. The, the culture and the, the franchise and everything is so different from, let's say, TNG started. Because when TNG started, it was a brand new world. It was the 80s. You know, it was so long since the original series. We needed a, a, a storytelling device like that to tell these kind of really great stories uh, there was still enough culture conflict in the world that, you know, things to be talked about that the original series talked about racism and classism and just all these, all these, you know, technology and all these crazy things. Do we have as a culture currently, uh, that can absorb that? I'm going to say no. And I think the Star Trek movies are proof of that. <laughs> Right, because the, the Star Trek movies are adventure movies. They're action movies. They are not sci-fi. They are not... I mean, they, they are really not sci-fi. They're about as much sci-fi as Star Wars is. You know? The yeah. world basically is not introspective anymore. No, it is not. So are we going to get... I mean, I can't even... I, I honestly cannot imagine how they can set a TV series in the new in the new universe. I just can't. Okay, well, no. Here's the, the one flip side of that coin right now, is that right now, television has entered a renaissance where the stories it's telling are better quality than they've been in a very long time. Mm-hmm. True. And they're, and in they're general. Embracing, they're embracing as much the absurdity of their origins as they are just focusing on telling strong And right stories. now, television quality is skyrocketing up just as much as movie quality is skyrocketing downwards. And I mean, that's something that's been identified for a few years now. There is kind of a flip from movie production being the, the prestigious thing to high-end TV being more so. Right. Yes. And to get a Netflix series, you know, and be able to do whatever the hell you want, have that, that, that artistic freedom and tell well, the story about, how you want, that's that's cut that's gold. And think about it another way too. Like there's a lot of actors who traditionally had been exclusively movie actors who do a lot of T V now more than anything. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's showing the true. changing landscape of things. So like 
if CBS can go into it with the mindset of this is like TV audiences will accept well-made shows even if they're not, you know, all gritty serious and, you know, they can be silly, they can be offbeat and people will still like them because they're made well. Right, right. And they're true to themselves. You know, they're yes. not pandering. They're they're true, like you said, true to their own histories and the silliness is that, oh, well, this is set in a comic book universe, but look at Daredevil. Holy crap, that shit was gritty and dark and, and real. It, it was blood and bones, mm -hmm. man. Literally. And it took a character that is extraordinarily boring and made him interesting. Yeah. He's had a few interesting stories over the years, and that's what they hearken back to. They saw, give us the best stories and the best versions of Daredevil, the Frank Miller versions and stuff like that. Give us those great stories, and we'll do a TV show on that. They finally figured out that we don't have to come up with some new, shiny, grim and gritty for the 90s. We can just use these stories that have already existed and just do them right, just translate them and do them I've right. I've got a counterpoint with all of Daredevil's best stories I've been preached to about. I've all found to be incredibly tedious and not interesting. Yeah. Including the Frank Miller stuff, which I, even my dad has said this is the best stuff. You got to read it, and I read it, and it's like, eh, yeah, Daredevil. So, so what was there <laughs> between between the, the Netflix series and the comics you read? What was the delta there? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, acting and emotion. Uh, the character, the actors, conveyed the emotion and made me care about what was going on more than the comics did. The comics, I read them, and I just didn't care. Yeah, because they were Kingpin knows his identity. I don't give a shit. It's Daredevil. Right. <laughs> but, is it because, so is it, is it down to medium for you? Um, I, I don't know if it's medium or if it's more just presentation of the story. Right. Because right. I mean, the stories could have been poorly written or not drawn properly to express the emotions and the faces and that sort of thing. So, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, not, not to grill you. I was just curious. As no, to, I'm just trying to think of a way to, to express it. More clearly, in that there has to be a hook for me. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. Yeah. In the I, case of Daredevil, the hook was that I was being given actors who were giving a performance that actually made me care about what was going on. Yes. When it was a, a subject matter that I did not care about. And I feel like Daredevil has sort of a subtlety to the concept that maybe can't be conveyed as effectively without, you know, voice performance and like actual actor expression and emotion right no i i agree i agree i think i also this think because i'm sorry um because daredevil exists in sort of a pocket universe in the tv show mm -hmm. uh there are no spider-mans for him to team up with um in the comic series he suffers from flash syndrome yeah and that, that whole his own, interesting villains got stolen by other people. <laughs> oh, um, and, and the, okay, the Flash. Um, on his own, he is a great character with great villains. Yeah, great. The power. second you stand him next to Batman or Superman or Wonder Man, he immediately becomes a C-lister. Yeah, and comedic relief. Um, Daredevil is fine on his own in his own universe. The second you introduce him into a universe that has like superpowered people running around in the you know same story as him, nobody gives a shit about Daredevil no matter what he says or does. Mm -hmm. Right? It's impossible. Daredevil yeah. is a solo act. Period. Yeah, because it, it's kind of like horror in the sense that isolation is one of the tenets of horror. To build that dread, you have to have isolation in your stories in your in your environment. And right. I think if you if you put an army like uh, literally an army division up against a monster from a horror movie, where's the threat? Exactly. 
So, and the same thing applies to the darkness and the 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 emotional hook of Daredevil is that isolation because he's alone versus Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, he's one man, one mortal, very mortal, fragile man. You know, with a disability such as it is. Uh, you know, against an entire rotten city. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a very valid point because yeah, so you see Spider-Man swing by, he's sort of like, oh, well, why am I dicking around with these you know six square blocks in Manhattan? <laughs> You know, wow, that, that's my, you know, thing. You know, Superman can control the world and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Spider-Man protects the city. The Avengers protect, you know, the planet or the country or whatever. And Daredevil's concerned about a few blocks in Manhattan, you know. <laughs> and, I mean, that's, you know, that's why it works in isolation because right. as just one man with no powers, that's about all he can cover. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like there's his... there's no reason that he should be like branching out past that, even working with other people, because I mean, I kind of hate to say it this way, he's not qualified, and that's kind of that's kind of where the problem is, and that's why the TV show works because he is just himself dealing with his little pocket of the world, right. So I'm curious to see how uh, Jessica Jones, which looks also very good. Because uh, she's going to introduce Luke Cage and some more of the that that base level salt of the earth Marvel superhero. Um, Luke Cage, motherfucker! Hell yeah, Luke Cage, motherfucker! <laughs> so that that ought to be interesting. To see but that also, Kristen of... Ritter, who I love. Yeah, she's yeah. the bitch. Yeah, she's she looks like she's going to do a really good job. All the clips and everything I've seen of Jessica Jones, it looks dark, it looks serious, and what I've read about the plot. Uh, and David Tennant's character and the interaction there. Holy, if they play that anything like the comic books, holy crap, is that going to be dark? Oh my God. Anyway, swing it back around since we got on this off of talking about how. Uh, oh, yeah, Star Trek. That's right. How TV now is not afraid to like embrace the roots of the concepts of the stuff it's working with. Yeah. Like it used to be. You know, I I do think there is a potential for Star Trek to be able to be true to itself. Again, that's going to come down to, though, if the people overseeing it at CBS understand that properly. Oh, I'm so afraid they're not, because you have to have the optimism. You have to have the, this is the best of humanity. We've evolved past a lot of this crap. Now let's go do wonderful things. Let's go explore. Can they convey that? Can the audience comprehend it nowadays? And is the movie universe built to support that also? I don't think so, because not so far. They might. But so well, here's another thing, though, is that CBS and the movie universe are not the same Paramount. company. Yeah, Paramount. Yeah, Par- that, that was going to be a question I was going to ask earlier, because CBS owns the original series and the original timeline. Paramount seems to own the new timeline. So how's that going to work? But and the reason I say this is because, like, again, back to the Star Trek online game, the MMO, um, they they are literally not because they're owned by CBS. Uh, they are not allowed to even mention the J.J. Abrams verse. Mm-hmm. They can't mention ships. They can't mention actions. Romulus blew up. That's all there is to it. There is no timeline. There's nothing. They do mention how Spock disappeared, and they kind of mention it, but none of the 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 assets from the Abrams okay, well, verse is allowed. On the positive side of things, it would m- indicate that there's a greater chance of us getting original timeline. Mm-hmm. 
However, the flip side of things is, you know, Sony even licensed Spider-Man to Marvel to use. If there's money to be made, they'll make concessions. Right, and Paramount and CBS are affiliated with each other to some degree. They can talk to each other and work out a deal to utilize the movie universe in a show. Right, Right. and I think that's something that Paramount would want to have happen if it was at all possible. If it's beneficial to them, and it would be. Right. Yeah, because I'm sure they'd have some of their guys. Go, well, I mean, they have Kurtzman because Kurtzman he's a Paramount guy because he made the movie. So, yeah. so he they, he they, he would be their inside guy into CBS mm-hmm. to make sure this was done the way they wanted. Huh. Yeah, someone someone who is involved with the vision of the new universe from the starting point and can direct the series to follow suit. Yeah. Man, I just, <laughs> it just sucks though, because I just cannot imagine <laughs> a TV series set in the new universe. Because the movies didn't set up a premise of uh, hope and exploration and working together. I mean, they set up this action thing where, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it, oh, I don't know. It's just going to reuse old original series plots with a fresh coat of paint on them. So look forward to seeing Assignment Earth 2.0 in the near future. <laughs> Gary 8. oh jiminy yeah i just i can't imagine what it'd be like if they said in a new universe how how can they possibly because they again they can't use the enterprise can't use captain kirk so what the frick is it gonna be the thing is though like and this is kind of the straw of hope i'm clinging to if they do have to go and like put on a different ship different crew different setting basically they can start to redevelop the new timelines universe so it is compatible with Star Trek style storytelling. Right. And, and let need... the movie be the big action blockbuster every two years. Right. And they, they really need to do something that, hey, Mickey mentioned earlier, which is we were watching um, the Star Trek uh, movies, which is how they finally in the movies pointed out there's a larger federation besides just the Enterprise ship all by itself out in the middle of the galaxy. Right. You start seeing a society, you start seeing a culture, you start seeing how uh, the actual day-to-day life of people actually works in the in this galactic federation of many races and many peoples. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they really need to, to concentrate on that uh, in the new series because that's something we need in the world. You know, we're, we're at that weird time again in the world where we have all this, it's not really a cold war, but with like, you know, extremism and terrorism and all these terrible things going on in the world. We need a TV show to help kind of ground us and pull us together again like they did in the 60s with Star Trek. To show us how we can live together. Right. To show the best of ourselves, you know, what we can accomplish when we work unfortunately, together. We that's, unfortunately, the focus groups will say that's not realistic, so they won't do that. Yeah. Well, well maybe I, we're lucky we can just get enough people to get behind that tweet and get Jeff Goldblum to be the captain. <laughs> Well, you know, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> Just imagine Jeff Goldblum sitting in a captain's chair, squirming about, trying to talk to an alien. <laughs> he would be squirming. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to um, stop you there. Um, shields? 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 <laughs> Wagging his don't, finger while he says it, you know. Don't worry, he'll save the day with his MacBook. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why Jeff Goldblum can't be the captain, because they would get out there and meet the Independence Day aliens, and they would just go to war. <laughs> right. I remember you, asshole. It would still be a, it would be a very short <laughs> war. 
Well, no, because it's all you know, it's all L card that's completely different from a Mac. It's not compatible with the with the alien system anymore. <laughs> right. Like a Mac uh, compatible with any other system. Well, no, I mean, it was the, that was the perfect like subtext of the movie, basically saying that Macs are aliens. <laughs> they are not of this Earth. Yeah. Yeah, or they don't belong on Earth. I'm not quite sure which. Well, same difference. <laughs> Look, if you're not from here, you don't belong here, period. Oh, Maybe so we're setting... have advanced enough, we can get uh, Eric's as a crew member. Yes. Well, you know, Eric's, you know who he looks a lot like? Species 8472. I was going to say Gary Busey, but that works too. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all the same. <laughs> No, but remember, look at Eric's and look at Species 8472. They're both tripedal, same shape of head, three arms. They're basically the same. Yeah. If you don't believe me, I'll pull up a picture. I don't believe you. I'm just... <laughs> you I'm just Google a picture, aren't you? I'm just thinking no matter where this is set, we probably would not have much in the way of complicated alien prosthetics as a regular part of the cast. Just because I think the first season is probably going to be lower end of budget until it can actually prove what it can do. Yeah, which is way it always works with Star Trek, so... Yeah, basically. Oh, unless we all rush to get CBS All Access, and then in which case they'll just have they'll be swimming in money because that's what we're all going to do. We're all going yeah, to just jump on Subscribe now, just so they know I'm interested. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if their subscription numbers shot up just in the rumor of a Star Trek TV show. <laughs> no, some people probably unsubscribed. <laughs> New Star Trek show in 2017. I better pre-order that now. <laughs> yeah, I better get the better get the collector's edition, so you get like the nice box and everything. Yeah. The, the nice statue. Too, yeah. I'm not like I'm not gonna get the CBS subscription service. If this was gonna be on Netflix though, I would probably try to make Netflix work on my home internet. Yeah, I love Like that Netflix. that would be the push to get me on Netflix. At least for a month since it probably would work like shit and you know, not be worth renewing again. But still that would be eight dollars <laughs> they didn't have before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll 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 stream it from Netflix. I'll screen capture it. I'll encode it <laughs> and burn it onto a Blu-ray and then mail it to you. How about that? I don't have a Blu-ray drive. Oh my God! What are you, a caveman? <laughs> Send it to him on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to. I may have to uh, record over some things on a VHS tape. So if the if the as soon as the episode ends, I would recommend just turning off the tape player. <laughs> stop right away. <laughs> yeah. Stop right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the world's only complete VHS collection of the new Star Trek series. Uh, yeah, that's weird. That's another decontamination jail scene, but it looks like. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, gentlemen, I don't know if we can fix Star Trek this time. I mean, I think we had it licked before, but with this new news and the and the concept that it's the uh, the the new universe guy doing it, I don't know what we can do. We can continue to talk about good Star Trek and bad Star Trek, you know, whichever. Yeah, not a lot of Star Trek in between because there's plenty of it. So That's boring Star Trek, which we don't like talking about so much. <laughs> 